So we are in, in John chapter 10. When you're there, please stand. It is our tradition to stand at the reading of God's Word. Now, I am going to back up a verse or two just so we get context because you all know there are no chapter breaks, right, in the original. So we'll back up to chapter 9, read verses 40 and 41, and then flow right into verses 1 through 10 of chapter 10, okay? Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things, and they said to him, Are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, I see, your guilt or your sin remains. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he, when he has brought them all his own out, he goes, <clears throat> excuse me, he goes before them or leads them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the stranger. This figure of speech... Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. Okay, you may be seated. Now, you may, that don't read exactly mine. This is the ESV, the English Standard Version, read there. Um, I don't, there's no major textual criticisms in there you have to worry about. So, again, we want to make sure we have this in context. Jesus has healed the guy born blind. Nobody believes him. They do the investigation. All right. And they actually throw the guy out. They don't believe him. All right? And then Jesus starts talking about spiritual blindness. That's where you see it. Wait a minute. Are you saying we're blind too? And he goes, yeah, because you think you see. You're really blind. And your sin, your guilt remains. Truly I say to you. Truly, truly I say to you. So this just flows right from it. Same audience. The Pharisees, the same ones. Okay? But he begins this metaphor. Why do we know it's a metaphor? Because down at the end of Verse 9, it says so. Okay? Or verse 6. This figure of speech. Now, this isn't a parable. Okay, there's another Greek word for it. Parabolo. For a parable. This is a, a, a... So, here's the reason why I say that. Parables, except for the parable of the sower, has one main meaning. All the other things in the story aren't the point. This is not a parable. It's a metaphor. So Jesus makes a point, but the other things have significance. As a matter of fact, he uses the same idea, we'll talk next week, to take the metaphor in another way and make the things mean something a little different. But it's a uh, metaphor the Hebrews are very familiar with because you all know Psalms 23, the Lord is my... Right. I mean, I've got multiple verses here, where, in, particularly in Psalms, where God's a shepherd. But Ezekiel 34 comes into play here. And, and there, uh, God is the shepherd of his people. He's going to bring judgment to the false shepherds and ultimately gather his sheep together for this final blessing we would all call the millennial reign. Okay? Um, but in there is this prophecy in verse 15 of Ezekiel 34. I myself will feed my flock. 
I myself will lead them to rest, declares the Lord. Verse 23, then I will appoint over them one shepherd, my servant David. Does he literally mean David, David? He's going to raise from the dead. No, okay. And he will feed them, and he will feed them himself and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. So there's this prophetic thing about, that, about these bad false shepherds, but God's going to send one shepherd that leads it all. So when Jesus claims to be the good shepherd, all those Pharisees knows he's jumping back into here to Ezekiel 34. Okay? You can find same kind of analogies in Isaiah and Jeremiah and Zechariah about shepherds. Okay? Um, so when Jesus says, truly, truly, we've talked about this is the 15th time in John that he says it. Drawing your attention that this is a steadfast fact. This is so. Okay? And it applies to his whole discourse here, not just this one um, metaphor as he carries it forward, but it carries the whole symbol. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the door. Notice he starts with the negative. He doesn't start with who the shepherd is, the positive. He starts with the negative. Those who are bypassing the door, going over the wall. Because that's what he just finished these guys saying. You, you think you see, but you don't. You're still in your sin. He, he's addressed that negatively. He carries that over. These thieves, robbers that are hopping the fence, in this case, for context, are the Pharisees. Could we apply that to modern times? Yes, and we will. Now, the question is, what is the sheepfold? And I have heard people say it's the church. It's all kinds of things. The difficulty uh, with it is God, the shepherds calling them out of it, so they wouldn't be the church. And then we're down in 16, Jesus says, I have sheep that are not of this fold. And they must bring in also, that is, Gentiles. So the sheepfold in this particular case is Judaism, Israel and Judaism. He's calling his sheep out of that. But there's sheep that are not in that pen. They're, they're, they're somewhere else. I'm going to call them too. But right now I'm talking about these ones. The Jewish leaders are, what are involved in this, of course. And he says something almost doesn't have to be said. If they're sneaking in through the window, they're not the owner. I'm using your house as an analogy. Okay, I mean, they're, they're a thief. I mean, that really doesn't need to be said. But Jesus says something like that all the time. Um, the well don't need a physician. Uh, yeah. He says these obvious statements, okay? Yeah, you put new wine in new wineskins. Of course you do. If your sheep falls into it on the Sabbath, won't you get it out? Yeah. The answer is a given, all right? So when Jesus makes this statement, it's, it's a given. The people climbing over the wall, of course. That's no brainer. And that is the real contrast here is between the true good shepherd and the thief and the robbers. That, that's the real point here. He's talking about these Pharisees. That's the context. They've already accused him once okay, of having a demon. Later on here in the chapter, they'll accuse Jesus Christ of being uh, of the devil, possessed, and insane. Okay, So that's the context. We don't want to take it out of its context. The shepherd he says, enters through the door or the gate. And he says there's a gatekeeper at the gate. The gatekeeper identifies 
the shepherd as the shepherd, not a false one, not somebody else. Okay? <clears throat> the thief, on the other hand, avoid the gate and the gatekeeper. So you have to ask a question, don't you? Uh, who was the gatekeeper? The sheep, people of Israel. Okay? He's the door. He's the shepherd. But then he mentions a doorkeeper. Hope we'll get to that, I hope. Okay? But the focus here is not what happens when the sheep come out of the pen. I, I hear a lot of that as I read about, you know, prepare for a sermon. It's not about what happens when they get out in the open space where sheep tend to wander. Thus, that other story Jesus says, one, 99, one runs off. He goes to find them. All right. Out there, there's things they can get, briar bushes, they can, cliffs they can fall of. There's predators out there. That's not what he's talking about here. Okay? But again, this is why Jesus tends to use the negative. It's not the dangers out there. It's the focal point. The focal point is the true shepherd and false ones. Thieves that are really thieves and robbers. And in what way are they thieves? We'll, we'll hopefully get there as well. To him, the doorkeeper opens, him being the shepherd. The doorkeeper has to identify the true shepherd in contrast to false ones, somebody claiming to be that. How does a gatekeeper do that? By the attributes or characteristics, I guess, whatever term, those are pretty much metaphors, characteristics of the person. Okay, we look at the, the epistles in particular in the text and they analyze them. Is this the type of vernacular that Paul uses to identify one of those epistles? Okay? And so it's the vernacular, it's the figures of speech he uses, it's his mannerisms. Okay, it's not just that physical outside where which, uh, that I would identify if I was the gatekeeper and Timothy was the one coming um, to the gate. So there's more than just appearance. And I think we've all seen, you know, typical comedians who do voice impersonations. And you might be able to hear it, but then you see them. Now, a good impersonator practices the mannerisms of the person they're impersonating there. Okay? But eventually it all shows up. And I'm, I'm setting you up there on purpose. Okay. Now today, that might be a fingerprint reader, right? <laughs> a retina scanner to identify the unique properties. You all know we all, our retinas aren't, they're like fingerprints, they're all separate. They're distinct. So if they, someone arrests you for a robbery, and they found fingerprints at the, at the robbery scene, and then they take your fingerprints, and they don't match. You didn't do it. Or the DNA doesn't match. Okay. You didn't do it. Maybe they have some film from, from, from the convenience store that was robbed. Somebody looked sort of like you, but that fingerprint gives it away. That's not you. And again, I'm setting you up there, okay? So the doorkeeper has to identify the shepherd. How do we know who the shepherd is? Right here. If he doesn't match the fingerprint, he ain't the shepherd. If his brother's Lucifer, he ain't the shepherd. Okay? If he's a created being, he's not the shepherd. You see where I'm going there? Okay? 
It is my view that that gatekeeper is the Word of God. Here's the problem. Jesus is the shepherd, Jesus is the gate, but Jesus is also the Word. Okay? But just in our, the metaphor given forth here. Now it says that the gatekeeper opens the door to the sheep. Opens the door basically to him, but he doesn't go inside the sheep pen. He would stand at the open gate that the doorkeeper had opened and call his sheep. And that's just what it says. And the sheep hear his voice. He calls them by name and leads them out. So the shepherd just stands at the gate. He has to go in there and hit them with a stick. or try. He just calls them and they come. They know his voice. They recognize and give heed to the shepherd's voice. Or I mean, the shepherd's words. How do I know it's words? Because he calls them by name. It's not... <laughs> he calls words. He calls them by name. Okay? It is the sheep that hear his voice. If it is sheep... It hears. If it doesn't hear him, it's not sheep. It's something else. One of the one. Of, if I say if I want to identify the sheep, if the gatekeeper wanted to identify sheep, how would you wait and do it? That sheep responds to his voice. If it doesn't respond to his voice, it isn't one of his sheep or goats or whatever. Okay. The non-sheep in the pen, which is Israel, okay, do not hear the shepherd's voice. And this is why Jesus says, man, you guys are ever listening but never hearing. He who has an ear, let him hear those kind of things that Jesus says. Now, it's not because those things that are not sheep have chosen not to respond to the call. They don't hear it. They are, let me use that other analogy, they're blind. They cannot see it. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. John chapter 3. Okay. Um, but I, he knows them by name. This isn't a general invitation. He calls his sheep by name. What's interesting, this would be happening most of the time every day. You know, they'll take the sheep out, and then when they bring them back into the pen for the safety at night, okay, so the next morning, whenever he puts them in there, he opens the gate, calls them out, they go. So it's, it's not just a one-time thing. Okay, that's important, because they go in and out, it says later. They live in a culture, a Jewish-Israeli culture. I have called you out of the Judaism, but you still got to live with Jews. Hebrews, okay? And then he leads. He doesn't drive. You drive cattle. You lead sheep. There's a huge difference, and that's one of the accusations against the false shepherds. Is, is they, they rule with an iron fist, if you will, over the sheep. They don't lead. That's one of his arguments in, in Ezekiel and Zechariah. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of him, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
Now he brings them out of the place where these walls are, out into the open. You know where David had to kill a lion and a bear? You sure we can't stay in there where it's safe? He calls them out there and leads them out of there. He goes ahead of them. That man, let me put it this way in a natural sense. He scouted out the land. He knows where the good grass is and where the watering holes are. Where the wolves tend to hang out, okay, he, he scouted the land. He's going to lead you into green pastures beside still waters. Um, and what's interesting, his sheep follow because they know his voice. Knowing his voice, his word, equals following. Put it another way, the natural intrinsic outcome of knowing his voice is following his voice. Jesus goes like this, well, there's a wise man and a foolish man. The wise man hears my voice and does. And his house is like a house built upon a rock, so on. The foolish man hears, um, but doesn't do. Okay? Here, it is the sheep hear, and they just respond. That's what it does. Now, do sheep follow perfectly? No. But sheep follow faithfully. The sheep said, then it says that the sheep will not follow, but flee from the stranger. So think about that a minute. Especially when you realize this. Will not follow in the Greek is the double negative. Oi, main, not amen, okay. But it really, um, no way not. There's one way that can be translated. No way not will they follow the fellow. Okay, it's a double negative. If you're his sheep, you will not, in no way, follow the stranger. You instead will flee. I'm amazed when I watch uh, some Christian television. And the people who follow and don't flee. You should be able to hear the voice of the one preaching at you. I'm going to say it like that. Okay? Are they preaching Christ's word or their word? And by the way, one of the things it says in Ezekiel, they, they do it for their own gain, the fake ones. They do it to make a profit. I'll leave that alone. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them. But they, now them, who's the them? The Pharisees, right? That's who he's addressing. We want it in context. Says them, and they don't understand. They don't get what he's saying. And that's why Jesus goes into this other metaphor, okay? So why didn't these Pharisees understand what Jesus the shepherd was saying? Because they aren't sheep. He's confirming, it confirms his verdict that they're blind. He declared, yeah, you are blind. You say you see, but you're blind. Let me tell you a little story. Yeah, see, you don't get it. You're completely blind to what I'm saying here. 
or deaf to what he's saying here. Okay? Their inability to understand what Jesus was saying proves they're not sheep. Because what do sheep do? Hear his voice and follow. You're not getting it, then you're not sheep. And don't worry, later they call him, like I said, demoniac and a crazy man later. This is really his point, Jesus' point, that he made previously. Even though confronted with all the evidence of the blind man being healed from the crowd, his neighbors, to his parents, to the guy himself, and they get angry and throw him out. Okay? From that, that, that's the whole point. You guys don't get it. You can't even see it when it's right in front of you, and you sure can't hear it when he tells it to you. Since the Pharisees, not being his sheep, did not understand, Jesus takes the metaphor a little deeper. Okay. You didn't get it. Let me give you one more shot to prove you're deaf. Truly, truly, this is verse 7, I say to you, I am the door. Okay, okay. The shepherd thing may be a little too broad. Let's, let's bring it down to a more narrow understanding. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Now, before me, please don't think chronologically. Think spatially. Like we stand before the throne of God. Okay? It's not before the throne of God existed. It's not time, chronological. It's spatial. Okay? Because here's a gate. He doesn't say all the gates that came before me. Those who came before me, the gate. All right? They were thieves and robbers. They were identified at the gate as thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. That's sort of a given in it. Didn't he already say that? The sheep don't hear strangers. And he says, And all those that come stand in front of the gate to claim to be the shepherd are thieves and robbers, and the sheep don't hear them. Okay, that would be like Abraham. Raised in the era of the Chaldees, Zoroastrianism was the religion of that part. Okay? He doesn't hear that. He hears the voice of God calling him out to go wander around and live in a tent. Okay. So when he says again, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. This is where and will go in and out and find pasture. When he calls the sheep out of the pen, he expects them to go back. Yeah, you got to live in this world even though you're not of this world. That's part of the process. So when I'm back in the pen, am I, I'm open now to thieves hopping the wall. Now out here, I'm open to the predators and everything else. Okay? But out there, if someone tries to steal the sheep, the sheep can run. But if they're in a pen, they're limited. How many of you ever seen one of those things where they try to catch a pig? Yeah, that's not in the pen, is it? It's out in the open. Just because the pen's dirty. <laughs> but he said they will go in and out and find pasture. How did they find pasture? They just wander around until they stumble across it? The shepherds already knows where and has led them there. Okay. Pasture, food. Okay. And by the way, the word pasture 
was where we get the word pastor. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, but to, to pasture your sheep also gets translated as feed. Here's why many, many people think when you feed the sheep. No, no. You don't feed the sheep, set them down, cut their meat for them, their mashed potatoes like my little grandson, and go, here you go. I'm feeding the sheep. No, no, no. I, a shepherd leads the sheep to where they eat. The j- job of the shepherd, and, and you know, and, and Peter, uh, Jesus talked about feeding my sheep, that kind of thing, um, was elder, pastor, person. It doesn't use the word pastor, so I don't want to use that, but as a teacher, pipe person, leader in the body of Christ, you're supposed to feed the sheep. Many people think that means I'll sit here, you feed me. I've never seen that unless the sheep's sick. Or an infant sheep. You know, you see the little bottle and they get the little lamb. Full-grown sheep, you go, hey, come here, here's grass right here. As a pastor, I believe it's my job to equip you to eat from the pasture. The thief, on the other hand, is anyone that tries to come by any other way than the gate. trying to think of a good example of that without offending anybody, and that's pretty hard to do. You know, um, typically what happens with that kind of person, the Bible says, and then they turn into Elmer Fudd, Yabbit, Yabbit, they're hunting Yabbits, okay? Well, this is what it says right there in Ephesians, he predestined me, he chose me. No, 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 you chose him. You chose him first, and he looked forward in time to see who would choose him, and then... yeah, but, but it says there, I chose you, you didn't choose me. Yeah, but you see. Okay. <clears throat> but here's what the thief comes to do. Steal, kill, and destroy. Remember in that other famous parable that does have multiple applications, the parable of the sower and the seed. The seed is the word of God. We're the soil. God, Christ, is the heart, uh, planter, sower. And the seed lands here, and immediately the birds come and steal the seed, steal the word. That's one of the first things you will spot a false shepherd, is that they want to diminish or steal from you the word. Well, you know, I know, I know God intended, you know, originally, like, I mean, that marriage should be forever, I mean, that's how God intended it to begin with. Jesus says that. But you know, certain situations happen. I hate to tell you, if I get divorced, well, I've never happened because I told my wife if she ever leaves, I'm going with her. But, but if I get divorced, that doesn't change the fact that God doesn't sanction divorce. 